When I was 17 years old, my godfather, who was Russian Orthodox, taught me a prayer. He instructed me to say this prayer over and over again in my mind. The prayer is in Greek. It is Kyrie Jesu Christe eleison me, which means Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. At the time when he taught it to me, I thought, why do I need to ask God for mercy all the time? I haven't done anything wrong. I'm going to go to college. Now that I've lived much longer on this earth, that prayer seems much more necessary. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. On this, the second Sunday of Lent, we are given three rulers to look at. One is from the Bible. Two are from our time. And God is teaching us so much. First, the ruler from the Bible. In today's gospel, we hear of Herod Antiphas. He was the son of King Herod from the Christmas story. His father was that ruler that is renowned for murdering babies for ordering the slaughter of every little boy from birth to age two. Why? Because Herod wanted to make sure that the legend of the Messiah was killed, that any boy born around the city of Bethlehem would be dead. Can you imagine being the son of that man? Being the son of a man who had no conscience at all? Herod Antiphas was one of three brothers. We know that he grew up to be as ruthless and as paranoid as his father. But how? How does that happen? Is it that a person is born evil? I I always picture this little baby. He couldn't have been bad at that point. Was it the terror of growing up with a father like that? Was it shown to him somehow? how to be so fearful, so paranoid? Or was it something that grew from the inside? You and I, we can never know the interior workings of another human being. Only God can know that. But we do know that Herod Antiphas grew up to be a vassal 
a puppet of the Roman emperor, a paranoid man who is also full of himself. And when he wanted something, he reached out and took it. He was married. He saw his brother had a more attractive wife, so he took her as his wife. And even the Romans didn't like that. By the time of his adulthood, Herod was threatened by Jesus and began to hunt him. And the Pharisees, those conniving, rule-oriented guys, come to Jesus and say, Herod is searching for you to kill you. And Jesus says, you tell that old fox. I'm right out here. I'm doing exactly what God has asked me to do. I'm healing people. And I will come to Jerusalem. And there will be a time when things will go badly for me, but it is not this time. And Jesus kept right on doing what he was doing, serving God and remaining steadfast. He wasn't at all intimidated or thwarted by Herod. Scholars tell us that later Herod would be accused of treason by the Romans and exiled to Spain, where he and his wife Herodias would live in obscurity until they died. No one exactly knows when they died. We do know this, though, that that wife he married, when John the Baptist criticized her, she made sure that her husband cut off his head. What kind of a life did they lead, Herod Antiphas and his wife? A life of fear and hatred and lust and misery. No life that I would ever want. And then we see two rulers from this time who have come upon our world stage. And I don't know about you, but every time I turn on the news, all I can say is, Kyrie Jesu Christe lace on me. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. What can I do? What can any of us do? Yesterday I, I painted sunflowers on coasters, and I'm a terrible painter. But I didn't know what to do. I'm praying, I make donations, and I wait. Today we see Vladimir and Vladimir. Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Zelensky. And what's so interesting is that Putin, his childhood must have been very traumatic too. We don't know much about it. He doesn't say much, but if you search the web, you can piece it together. Putin had two older brothers, both of whom died, one as a baby, one as a child. 
He was born late to his parents, and both of them had suffered great trauma in World War II. His mother almost starved to death in the siege of Leningrad. Evidently, her unconscious body was thrown on a pile of corpses, but she woke up and crawled away. His father was wounded badly in World War II and never could walk right. I don't know what it was like to be their son, but I imagine they both suffered from PTSD, and who knows what that manifested to be like for that child. We know that Putin was hyperactive as a little boy. He was always misbehaving in school, always getting into trouble, until he discovered martial arts, judo. He became hell-bent on fighting. His goal was to become a member of the KGB. Now, I minored in Russian, and I worked in Russia in college and right afterwards in orphanages, right before the fall of the Soviet Union. And I know what the KGB was. They were the guys that could knock on your door at 2 in the morning, and if they knocked on your door, you were either going to be dead or tortured. Everyone was terrified of them. And that's who Putin wanted to be. He wanted to be an agent of fear. And he is that. He is still a man who uses his influence and power, his brute strength to terrify the world. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. And then, Vodimir Zelensky who looks like he had a kind of a normal childhood. His mom, an engineer, his dad a professor of computer science. He grew up in a Jewish family. He went to law school, but then found he had talent to become an actor. And so, unlike Putin, who was hell-bent on a career, Zelensky said, okay, I'll become an actor. And he seemed to be following, listening. He became well-known and popular, and when the country needed a leader, he stepped into politics. And here he is, this 44-year-old young man who finds himself on the world stage. And when you see him on the news, he looks terrified. I would be terrified. But when asked whether he wanted to leave or stay, he says, I want to stay and fight, knowing he's going to die. But somehow this ruler is about something more than his own life, is about something more than grasping after power or trying to scare everyone. Somehow, some way, he knows that that love is out there, and he loves his people. And so in this season of Lent, who are we 
as followers of Jesus in Jacksonville, Florida. What are we supposed to do other than say, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, other than pray for Ukraine and give as we can? St. Paul tells us that we are to stand firm in our faith when things that are so incomprehensible are going on. We're supposed to remain strong. You know, there are exercises that you can do for the strength of your faith, just like you could do for the strength of your body. Did you know that? Instead of lifting dumbbells, you know what you can do? You can practice handing the Ukraine over to God. You can practice prayer. You can practice reading scripture. You can give. And when you stand firm, we wait. If we're followers of Jesus, we don't get derailed by Herod. We don't stop doing the good that is right in front of us. That's what we do. We wake up every day and say, Lord, show us what to do today. Show us what we can influence. And there will come a time when more can be done. I know that. I don't know if it's when refugees land in Florida or maybe sometime before. But until that time, we stand firm, we watch, we listen, we pray, and we give, believing that our time will come. And when it comes, we must understand one thing. There is no human being who can hold on to power, no one. Does Putin think he's going to live forever? He's going to be dust, just like all of us. We were reminded of that on Ash Wednesday, right? When we put it on our foreheads. We cannot hold on to anything except for the one who made us. So let us stand firm in the trust that all will be well. Let us stand firm in the love that we have for the one who made us and who knows us deep inside. Let us stand firm in the Lord in this time of waiting. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Show me what I am to do in these times. Amen.